On today's episode of the Shoot It Straight podcast, I have a new friend. I'm chatting with Lorianne Kuntz, and we are talking all about money. So in this episode, we are diving into some of the fears that creative entrepreneurs have, why people don't like to actually dig in and do the work, and how you can fall in love with your numbers. This is a great episode in the Money Month series, and I hope you'll give it a listen. Welcome to the Shoot It Straight podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Gebhardt. Here, I will share an honest take on what it's like to be a female creative entrepreneur while balancing business, motherhood, and life. Myself, along with my guests, will get vulnerable through honest conversations and relatable stories because we're willing to go there. If you're trying to find balance in this exciting place you're in, yet willing to talk about the hard stuff too, the Shoot It Straight podcast is here to share practical and tangible takeaways to help you shoot it straight. Welcome back to the Shoot It Straight podcast, friends. Today, I'm chatting with a brand new friend, Lorianne. And let me just tell you, we've had some back and forth trying to get this episode recorded, just to be totally <laughs> frank. Um, it's taken us a couple of reschedules and a couple of a little bit of flexibility with motherhood, but we are here today and I am so excited to bring you this chat. So before I get too far into things, I do want to let you introduce yourself. So why don't you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Yes. Um, I'm so glad to be here. Glad we got to make it work. Um, but yes, obviously my name is Lorianne Koontz. I own a bookkeeping agency that primarily focuses on creative entrepreneurs, a lot of photographers, copywriters, brand designers, web designers, marketing agencies, all those creative uh, people that Sometimes finances can be a little bit hard for them. So I started my business. It's been almost three years ago now. I've been in the accounting field for, oh gosh, I don't know, eight or nine years. Um, and so kind of a little bit of backstory is I have entrepreneurial parents. They have multiple businesses. And I grew up, um, thankfully, with that education of kind of like, this is how to run a business. A lot of what I do is credited to my dad on teaching me how to run my business and what to do. Um, but I saw from a young age that whenever you're running a business and growing a business, finances are a big, important part of that and a big key for it. Um, and I always love numbers. And so, of course, putting the two together, I'm like, I'm going to be an accountant. Great. So I was like, I'm going to go be a CPA because that's just the typical accounting path. And I started working for um, a tax firm and I did not like tax. I did not like what I saw there. I did not like the way that the typical accounting firm ran. Um, basically, people would come in at the end of the year, get their taxes done. And I'm like, I, you guys are running off of, I don't even know how you're running your business because you don't know your finances throughout the year. They were confused. Uh, the CPAs there were talking in all this accounting jargon language that the, our clients didn't understand. And then they would be sent out the door for the next year. And even the couple that would come in in the middle of the year, I'm just like, these numbers are not accurate. And then I'm like, at the end of the year, we're just hodgepodging things together for what needs to be done for taxes, but it's not done in a way that benefits the business owner. So I kind of left there, started working for my parents again and their businesses, and then just started slowly getting clients on my own. And then I'm like, this is going to be like an actual business. Cause it just like all of a sudden exploded. It's not really what I was looking for. Um, but it is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love it so much. Um, and then I just kind of fell in the creative space. And obviously, like I said, at the beginning, 
a lot of creatives have struggled with finances and I struggle with copywriting. I struggle with design. Like I cannot do it. I don't want to do it. And so I outsource to them and I have creative clients that do my stuff. Um, and then we do their bookkeeping. And so it's always finding your way that you specialize in what you're good at. And that's how we all get going. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that you attributed your entrepreneurial heart to your parents. I think that is so, so cool. Um, in fact, I don't think I've heard anybody say that before. I think that's pretty unique. So I love that. I love that about you. Yeah, it's great too. And even like now that I have a team of my own, there's certain like times where I like core memories, I guess, that have now popped up of like my dad talking about handling his team and his employees and how he like navigated that, that will come up in my like, I guess, memory bank or something, whenever I'm going through something with my team. And so it's even like, it's continuing to go. And it really is. I've been really blessed to be able to have the parents that I have and teach me that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So in today's podcast episode, we are going to talk about learning to love your numbers and how that is a really big key to growing your business. And I'm fully aware that some of you listening immediately heard, we're talking about numbers, <laughs> we're talking to somebody who's a former CPA, and maybe you immediately were like, yeah, no, I don't want to listen to this. Um, I'm going to encourage you to stick with listening to this episode, even though we haven't even started to dive in yet. I know that this is a really important topic and that this is going to be a great discussion. So Lorianne, I want to start at the very beginning. In my experience with coaching creative women, mostly photographers, a lot of those ladies are scared to really dive in and look at their numbers. And they want to feel empowered, but there's that fear there of like, it's going to be a mess or it's going to be hard or it's going to be complicated. Or maybe there's some shame of like, just bury it, just bury it and keep moving forward. I'm curious, working with creatives, why do you think they're so nervous to dive into their numbers? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is that it's such a black and white thing that your numbers aren't going to lie to you. There's no emotion involved. It's, this is what's going on. And that can be scary. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like there's, it's scary. You look at your numbers for the first time. You can find out that, oh, it's not, I'm not profiting as much as I thought. This might not be going, my business might not be going down the right road that it needs to be going down. I need to be shifting and doing something else inside of the business. Um, or you might be looking at it and it's like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, I didn't even know I was doing this good. So you have like two different options that's going to happen. But I think on top of that, like if you dig down even deeper, I guess, is more so of like, how do you feel and what's your mindset around money? And like, what is kind of like how you got brought up? So I think a lot of how people's mindship mindsets are shaped is through money education whenever they were young and just all the way through our lives. So there's been so many things in everyone's life that has shaped the way that they view money. And a lot of times people will have parents that um, might not have talked about money. It might've been a hush hush thing, or it might've like presented themselves in a way of like, we are always broke or they didn't have any money. And that's really shaped and affected the way that you view money. So you kind of have to like dig into what is kind of holding you back and kind of lean into those feelings and feel them and understand that like, okay, this is what's going on, but I do need to know my numbers because in order for a business to succeed, you have to know your numbers because that tells you really what direction to take it. And, um, I mean, we all know the statistics, like 
of how many businesses fail in the first like five years. It's really high. And I do think a lot of that is due to the fact that people don't pay enough attention to their finances because it's such a key information source that people need to look at and pay attention to. And it's, it's scary, but it's really what's going to drive you to the next step in your business. Yeah. Yeah. So mindset, I totally agree with you is a huge piece of the puzzle. There's a whole lot of issues and people can have different ones. And you're right. A lot of it comes from like your upbringing and certain situations and how you were raised or, um, just kind of what core memories, like you said earlier, um, have attached to money. Um, maybe it's choices you made, maybe it's choices your parents made, your grandparents, your family life. I mean, there's a million things that go into it. It can also be, I have learned just through my own therapy experience, like the smallest like an afternoon, right? An afternoon experience that left this huge imprint on how you view things going forward. I'm curious, is there a really common mindset struggle that you see over and over again, or is it truly just all over the board? I would say for me, I think it's a lot of over the board because I have multiple different types of people with so many different types of backgrounds come into it. I think I would say if I would have picked one, I think the most common one would be that people neglect their finances. And they just like, don't, they don't have any, they don't think they're capable of understanding their finances. And I think that, I mean, that's why a lot of people come to us. It's like, I can't figure this out. And for one, I want to tell everyone listening, you can, you have the resources to, and you are fully capable of understanding your numbers. It's scary. It's a lot to do. It's a lot to learn. Just like I I'm fully capable of writing my own website copy. I don't like to do it. And No, it might not be as good as someone else, but it can be done, but you can understand your finances. And there's so many resources out there. There's so many podcasts to listen to, so many books to read to help you understand kind of what's going on. Um, But then also, if you have questions, like lean into the experts, like ask the people that are in your space and they can help you sort through some of the questions you might have. I think the biggest thing is just like kind of rip it, just rip off the mandate and just start doing it and start looking into your numbers and it might be overwhelming at first. And I'm going to gar- like almost guarantee that it's going to be. But once you start digging into it, just take it piece by piece. Um, just take one month at a time, one week at a time of organizing what's going on. And really just, like I said, lean into the experts and the people that are in your, your circle of like business people, and they will probably be able to help you. I think the biggest thing too, is there's not enough talk about this. There's not enough like, um, conversations about just managing money. And I think the ones that are out there, it's shifted a little bit, but the ones that are out there in the business coaching space has been more so of like, oh, you can hit like these 10, 15, 20K months, or it's a six figure business. That's all like rubbish. Like it, because it's all relative to like what people are looking at. Right. And so I think we need to be having a true, honest conversation and everyone's version of success is different. And so your version of financial success is different than mine and so forth. And so it's kind of just coming back to what you need, who you can lean on and just kind of having that conversation. You don't have to share your finances with everybody just to have a conversation. I feel like um, you alluded to this a minute ago, but I feel like historically financial energy has been very, very masculine. And um, up until the last, I'll say like six years, maybe it's been all of the educators, quote unquote, all of the leaders, quote unquote, all of the coaches, all of those people telling us how to handle business finances and personal finances have been men. And that energy in that space has started to shift. And there are so many 
women that are speaking out about like, that's not the only way to do things. That's not the only energy to carry into your business. That's not the only mindsets to have. There are other ways. And for me personally, I have been on a financial journey in, in that time and leaning into and consuming as much from women leaders as possible. And that has been a huge game changer for me just to have like a woman brain to a woman brain, right. And kind of opening the discussion to like, there's all these other ways that you can look at your numbers and have energy around your numbers and mindset shifts that really only apply to women and all of this. And that has been such a game changer. Have you seen that in this space as well? Yeah. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I think it's a big, big thing that has been happening. And again, I've only been in the creative online space for like three years. So I haven't seen that full six year version. Um, but I can even say like the way that I look at my finances versus the way that my husband looks at finances is different. Like in just our conversation, like it's completely different. And so like you were saying, if you're looking up to somebody that is a female, like it's going to be easier to connect with them. And we go through the same stuff in life. Like we go through the same struggles and the same mindset shifts and the same things. Whereas if there's, there's this big male figure, that's this finance expert, like that's just completely different than like what you're going through probably. And yes, there's people that has a completely different life than what I do, but there is a connection because we, like you were saying, it is a female brain thinking about finances and there's definitely a difference there. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've personally loved it. And I like latch on to any new female account that I find or book that I find. And I'm like, I just can't consume enough because I feel like it also makes it it's not just more relatable, but it's more understandable. Like the language yeah. they use. And that, like, again, the energy I can read it or consume it or watch it. And I'm like, yep, I get it. I'm tracking. Whereas I can read a book or something from a, you know, an old guy. And I'm like, I'm not tracking with you at all. <laughs> I'm not here but, for this. Yeah. And I think the thing too, at least for me and the other female financial people that I follow, um, is I am very big on making it very simple, very easy to understand. We don't have to like have this big whole accounting language. Like you don't need to know how debits and credits work. You don't need to know deferred revenue and accrued revenue. Oh, it doesn't matter. I understand it. And that's all that matters. Now, let me tell you what actually matters in terms that you understand. Right. Right. I love that. Today's episode is brought to you by Root to Rise, a four-month mastermind and retreat for female photographers that is where personal development meets business growth. During the four-month experience, students have weekly calls focusing on a variety of topics that both better their lives and their businesses. Think topics like goals, boundaries, money, and marketing, and many, many others. The program also includes incredible guest teachers a private Facebook community, and weekly Voxer hours, where you get individualized guidance and mentoring from me on topics that matter to you and your business. One of the best parts of the experience is definitely the three-day in-person retreat. Consider this the most fun girls weekend ever. We eat well, do yoga, photograph three sessions, work through portfolio reviews, take headshots, and build deep friendships. I can tell you that the women who have gone through this program have had some absolutely incredible transformations, reached massive goals, and changed the trajectory of their businesses. If you want to get on the wait list to be notified when enrollment opens again soon, you can head over to the link in the show notes and get on that list.
And now back to the episode. So the truth of the matter is the more we know, the more we know. And Mm -hmm. for the woman who's, you know, had her head in the sand and just been ignoring it and just trying to get by with thinking they are having understanding based on what their business checking account looks like, right? It's truly the more we can dig in and look at what's going on in our business, the more empowered we are, right? So I would love to know how do you coach, like if a new female creative were to come to you and say, okay, Lorianne, take it over, help me out here. Um, How do you coach somebody to start looking at their numbers? Like where should they actually start? Yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot of ways I could take that. Um, (laughs) And it kind of depends on like where they are at whenever they come to me. Uh, But I think, I mean, if we're going to really break it down, if you don't have a separate business checking account from your personal checking account, by all means, go open one up for like right now, because that's the biggest thing. If they're not split, one is a liability to you. If you ever got audited, there's a bigger risk there that things would show up. Um, But it's easier to do your finances. If you have all in one account, it's so much easier. Um, And then two, I would say the best thing that I've implemented with most of my clients is like, um, I'm, you've probably read, have you read profit first? Oh yeah. Okay. So I think the profit first is a great method. I think it can be a little bit over the top and a little bit confusing. So I have created kind of like an offshoot and my own version of profit first to where we have an operating expense account. There's a business uh, savings account, and then there's a tax savings account. So we kind of organize it inside of there for the bank account situation. Um, and then from that, basically what we do is at the end of every month, you put a percentage of money into your business savings for upcoming expenses, and then a percentage of money into your tax savings, and then you pay yourself a percentage. So a lot of photographers, like your income is going to be up and down, like really up and down. And so when you're first starting out, a lot of people will ask me like, how am I supposed to pay myself? Like, I can't, I can't get on a good schedule because like my income is this and then it's this. And we just really don't know. Um, and so I would say basically at that point is to kind of pay yourself, like I was saying, a percentage of your profit every single month. So it's going to be a little bit higher, some months, a little bit lower. And then on those lower months, if you have money stockpiled in your business savings account and you need to bring home extra money, you have it there to be able to use. Um, And then if you don't have that, then you'll just have to kind of like work through things until it gets built up. And then once you get to the point of like, I, this is my average that I'm getting paid. You just kind of set that as the baseline and it works through. So that's kind of how I manage kind of the bank accounts. Cause a lot of people have questions about how do I manage my bank accounts? How do I manage paying myself? And I have so many, I have like blogs on this too, and podcast episodes that I've done on my podcast um, that kind of walk through more in detail of how to manage bank accounts, how to manage paying yourself, because that's the biggest things that people come to me as. Obviously we need to know kind of what's going on how to keep track of your bookkeeping and stuff. But I think when people do come to us, that's, that's the biggest questions. Yeah. Um, I love profit first. I have been profit mm-hmm. first in my business for almost two years. I think it's almost yeah. two years. Maybe so do three. you, it's almost two. Do you do it like all seven accounts? Oh, I have way more than seven, but yes, (laughs) yes. And what worked for me, I will say, speaking to the photographers and the fluctuating income. So primarily I'm a family photographer. And as you know, that is heavy lifting in the fourth quarter. Um, Mm -hmm. Most family photographers make the big bulk of their income in the fourth quarter. And so when I set up profit first, I started in a January because I had so much sitting in the bank, I didn't touch my fourth quarter. And so that was able to set up my operating expenses account and my owner's pay account 
really full at the start of the year. And so I've been able to pay myself the same number every two weeks without fail. Um, because I started when there was the most money in the bank, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and so it solved that problem of like, well, what do I do with the fluctuating income? Cause I do have fluctuating income. My first quarter and my fourth quarter are like night and day, but I started at the end of the heaviest time so that I could get through the dips, if that makes sense. So, and it's worked really well. It's worked really well for me. So, yeah, that makes total sense. And that's kind of what, like, again, how we kind of tell our clients. So we do have clients that do full profit first and more accounts too. I have a ton of my accounts myself, but sometimes it can get a little bit overwhelming. And so until you get to that point, sometimes you have to just do like that percentage, but yeah, that's what I'm, that's the goal is to get enough money in your account to where it bridges the gap between your busy seasons. And especially for like my wedding photographers, because it's really busy season one time a year. Yeah. So that's all big gap that they got to bridge through. Um, and so it's, you want to get that built up. And so maybe if you're coming into a busy season, this, I don't know when this is airing, but for the people that are in the Facebook or group, if you're coming into a busy season right now, then maybe don't like just randomly pull a ton of money out of your account. Like let's just let it sit there and start implementing some of these things to where it will bridge you until your next busy season. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have loved it. It has been a game changer for me. And I know this is going to be a little detour from where we're going on our conversation, but the biggest surprise for me in implementing profit first has been how it has kept me out of scarcity because Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to be paid. I can see it. And so I'm not ever making decisions on doing things out of, oh my gosh, I have to drum up income. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not going to get a paycheck because I can see it sitting there. Like I know that my next six paychecks are already there. And so I can just keep going about my business one foot in front of the other. Whereas before implementing profit first, when I didn't always have that money sitting there, it was like, what can I do? Oh my gosh, I have to make money. And decisions made out of that scarcity mindset are never good, you know, and, and it never works out well. And so, um, it's been a huge, it's made a huge difference in just how my mindset carries through my business and what I'm able to focus on and not focus on. It's been great. It's been great. I've loved it. Yeah. So, okay. When we are starting, when we make the commitment, when we're like, okay, I'm going to look at my numbers on a regular basis. I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a numbers person. I'm going to have that awareness. I feel like kind of, we can really start to create a a plan, right? Because then we have a really good picture of what's actually happening here. What kind of money am I making, but also what money am I spending? Where's it going? What are the things that are doing better in my business than others? And that's when you can start to really plan and grow intentionally. Um, but another thing that I think is really hard for creatives is that forward thinking and those projections. Um, I think creatives really like to be where their feet are, right. They like to be in the, in the present moment and they kind of struggle with that vision piece of like, okay, here's the numbers right now. What does this mean? Where can I go? Where can I take it? So what advice do you have for the creative woman who is starting to dive into the numbers, but also really wants to use them for a tool for growth? Like how, is there a way to make it not so overwhelming? I think making sure that your bookkeeping system is one that you understand if you're doing it yourself. Um, if you are outsourcing to a bookkeeper, make sure that the reports that they are giving you is in a simplified way that like a simple way that you understand. So for one, if you're doing your own bookkeeping, 
find, you can do it in a spreadsheet and it can be very easy to do like very quick, very easy to put together. You don't have to build the spreadsheet. I have spreadsheets on my website. There's so many other spreadsheets available. Find one that works for you. If you are in a software, make sure you understand it. Cause that can get kind of confusing if you're doing it yourself and you don't have accounting background. If you have a bookkeeper, I've had like people come to me that had had previous bookkeepers that I'm like, this is way too much information. It's way confusing. It's not going to help the business owner. Make sure that the reports they're giving you is understandable to you. On top of that, I think the biggest thing that people miss and don't pay attention to is their cash flow. So we can have a profit and loss statement, which is basically your income minus your expenses is your profit of the business. Now, your profit might be really good one month and you might have no cash in the bank account. And then people are like, what is happening? I'm getting this report. I'm pulling this report. I have 10, 15, $20,000 worth of profit. But my bank account, I am struggling to pay all my second shooters. I'm struggling to pay payroll or pay myself or whatever. It's like, where is this money going to? So it's kind of like an audit of what is happening internally, like with the business of the actual bank account transaction. So there's a lot of stuff that happens that might not show up on your profit and loss. So things like credit card payments might be coming out for something you bought two months ago, because it can be that big of a gap of when things are getting paid. So that might be hitting your bank account. You might be taking out more in owner's draw than what you think you are. You might be spending a lot of personal expenses on the business card that you're like, eh, I'll just put it to a personal account. And then it doesn't flow through to profit and loss. And then it's like, oh my goodness, I just spent a lot of money through my business account that was actually personal. And so it's kind of confusing. And that's again, why we need to make sure things are very separate. Um, if you have a I don't know, a brick and mortar store that uh, you have payments on or you have a mortgage on or something. There's a lot of things that will hit other accounts that might not actually show up on the profit and loss. So my whole point is saying is let's look at the cash flow. Let's look at what's happening in the bank account, what the transactions are, and kind of let's map out what is going to be happening. So it's a little bit more in depth, but for my CFO clients, we do a weekly cash flow forecast. So I can tell them in four weeks, this is where your cash is going to be based off of what's been happening. And you kind of have to go back and be like, what's hitting my account? Um, you can look at like June, July, August for that week of the month. And then that's going to be what probably September is going to be. Because a lot of times it's very similar. If you know you're going to buy a new lens, if you know you're going to buy a new camera, you can plug that in. If you know you have payroll coming out, plug that in. Um, keep in mind, if you have, you're putting things on a credit card, that's not going to hit your bank account until you pay that credit card balance. So I do have a cash flow projection template. It's free that there's a video that kind of walks you through, but it's a really great tool because that's really what's affecting your account. And you can't really make decisions based off of what your balance is, but more so like what is going to be happening and when you can be making those purchases or investments. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I'll make sure to put the link to that in the show notes for everybody so they can grab it. So another piece of the puzzle to this, to really understanding our numbers is consistency, right? This is not a one and done. This is not a, you can look at your numbers once a year and you're golden, right? There's work to be done uh, on a regular basis. Um, we have to be consistent with the bookkeeping and the finances in order to really know where we stand. Um, and I know that a lot of the women that I coach and a lot of listeners struggle with time management because we've got kids and businesses and lives outside of that. And just so many moving parts. 
and they kind of feel like, oh my gosh, numbers, this is one more thing on my plate that I barely am even managing anyways. Um, and so it feels very out of reach to them to be able to consistently look at their numbers. Is there a best practice for beginners who really want to commit to consistently looking at their numbers? And what would that be? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is knowing, first off, knowing that this is what's going to get you to the next level of your business. And without it, you might get there. You might start seeing progress and stuff, but with understanding and having your finances to look at, it's really what's going to propel you forward. So knowing that it is important, but if you're doing your own bookkeeping, just put a calendar date, like schedule an event with yourself. You can go to a coffee shop. You can make it fun. And just honestly, really, if you're just starting out, it's probably only going to take you 15 minutes a week or 30 minutes a week. If you do it once a month, which I would say would be probably the most normal that I see people do is just once a month, kind of go through, then maybe block off an hour. Let's review what's happened in the past. Let's do the bookkeeping. Let's look at what the next month's going to be. So make sure like make that time a non-negotiable, put it on your calendar. So no one else can book it, have someone watch your kids. Like it is a thing that's vital. Um, and also knowing that like all these other bigger, larger businesses, like they're not running without knowing their numbers. If you want to get to somewhere, you need to know what's happening. If someone wants to be hitting like a sub two hour marathon or something, they need to be looking at their times and being able to train that way. Like there's so much information and power of knowing them. So in order to get to your next goal, like you need to understand, like you have to be looking at what is working and what's not and where you're spending your money. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. This has been a really fun chat and super filled with information. Uh, at the end of every interview, I like to do just some kind of like fun personality questions. So I'm going to do those and then we will wrap things up. I would love to know what your current favorite coffee shop order is. Okay. So I like Starbucks pumpkin cream cold brew. And since it's like fall time, they just released them. Obviously that's that, but normally I like local coffee shops like better than Starbucks, honestly. And I like a honey iced latte. Yes. I love that. I, I prefer a local coffee shop too. Um, everything like just like the homemade, everything is just better and good. And I also love their recommendations. Like I will walk into a local shop and whatever the sign is on the counter, I'm like, I want that. Whereas when I go to Starbucks, I get the same thing every time, you know, which is so funny. Um, okay. What is your dream vacation? kids are staying home. Okay. You sent me the outline this podcast and you're like, no kids. And I'm like, okay, that changes my answer. <laughs> um, okay. I would probably do, I'd probably say Switzerland and like for like hiking purposes and like going in the mountains and stuff. Um, we are planning to go to Alaska next year with our kids, but that does limit us a little bit with like how much like we can actually hike. I do really like mountains and I like hiking. So probably Switzerland or skiing in France. So that's yeah. probably the next one. Cause I you, really want to ski in there. You could probably like put those together in a really yeah. great trip. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it would be great. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So I want you to think over the course of your business, what was a decision or investment you made that was the biggest game changer for you? I think the biggest investment that I made was probably my first business coach. And I say that very hesitantly because I've had other business coaches that have not paid off. And I really advise my clients to be very careful when they're investing in business coaches, because there's a lot out there and there's a lot um, that are not doing a super great job. 
but the first one really set my business like to where it is today. Like I couldn't be there without it. Um, because they just know a lot of, a lot of things. And then even now, like I still have a business coach that is like really amazing and is helping me like push into a really leading a team and leadership and what that looks like. So I think that was, that's probably the biggest, biggest investments. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And lastly, if you were not in your bookkeeping for creatives, if you were not in the space where you created this business and, um, working with creative entrepreneurs, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, oh man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cause it's like, it's really been kind of what I've known, like ever since I was little, um, I would probably be some type of business owner of some sort of something. I don't know. I do like design. I like, like we just did a big renovation for our house and still in the process. So it's funny. I'm like, I'm a bookkeeper, but I also do like home design and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe some type of real estate flipping houses. Cool. I love it. I love it. Um, well, thank you for being here today, Lorianne. It's been great to have you. I would love for you to share how people can connect and then I'll make sure to put all of your links in the show notes. Of course. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram. It's lauriannekuntz.co. Uh, my, in- or my, my Instagram, my website is lauriannekuntz.com. I'll make sure to have like send her or send you the uh, link for the CFO or the cash flow projection template. And then, yeah, if you guys have questions, reach out to me. You can message me. I'm always on there. I'd love to help you. And then if you're interested in our services, you can go to our contact form on our website. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. And that is it for today, my friends. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Shoot It Straight podcast. You can find all the full show notes and details from today's episode at sabrinagebhardt.com backslash podcast. Come find me and connect over on the gram at Sabrina Gebhardt Photography. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be honored if you hit that subscribe button and leave me a review. Until next time, my friends, shoot it straight.